0: Notorious P.O.D. The name's John Bass on this M.I.C. I brought a couple man alongside of me I got Gary Roy Smith in a place to bleep We got murder stats and guests galore You know we're talking real hip-hop folklore And we're gonna cover all the goddamn classics Notorious P.O.D. We're gonna smash it Peace Hello and welcome to Notorious P.O.D. I am your host, John Bass. This week, I'm joined by the man behind the fighting cock, one for the weekend and no holds Bar podcasts, Mushroom Aficionado, and most importantly, my teammate on FIFA
1: Co-op Seasons, Flav is in the house. Shit, son. <laughs> Fuck, that, so much of that is, is kind of alright. So, you yeah. know, Mushroom Afic- Aficionado. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I like a magic mushroom every now and then. Yeah. And the most important part of that intro is our FIFA Co-op. Seasons sessions yeah. that have become almost like a daily ritual for both of us.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've I've basically in the last couple of weeks essentially been on like garden Leaf before I start my new job. Yeah, um, and I've made use of that time as best I can by doing as many podcasts, but more importantly, yes, basically playing FIFA with you, mate.
1: Yeah, so we we had the uh, I, I I work from home all the time mm. on the fighting cock, so I've got time where I can sit around and do nothing. And um, we kind of had a game against each other. And you went, do you want to do co-ops? And I'm like, yeah, all right, I'll do co-ops. I've never done it before. It turns out we're really good. We're, like, really good. Like, though. it's not. we're not even, like, blowing our own trumpets here. We're, we're really like good. Really, like, we're really, really good. We're really fucking good, mate. <laughs> uh, uh, so much so that we're smashing people. And we're convinced that we're playing against kids. Yeah. Like... Uh, And what we like to do is And this sounds pretty sad now But guess the ages of the people That we're smashing on on FIFA Co-op Yeah
0: sometimes we do it by their little name Because it might say like Little Steve 07 Or sometimes we just The way they play We just like interpret that Into like some Like 13 year old kid Just
1: like playing FIFA Out of everyone we played We're definitely the oldest By a million miles (laughs) Uh, By a million miles Yeah my favourite one the other day Was uh, yeah he was born in 2010 So it made him eight And I absolutely, no nine, sorry, I absolutely loved smashing him.
0: Yeah, every goal that's going in, uh, we were just like back and forth, like get in. I hope he's crying. I hope he's crying. <laughs> I might get a mic just so I can destroy them even further. I think that's how we take it to the next level: is that we get mics and we basically, yeah, just go in on like kids. Verbally.
1: We we are uh, we're gonna make a film, yeah, uh, around it of film. It's gonna be us <laughs> smashing kids on FIFA, yeah, uh, and yeah, we're gonna. Uh, I have something called a Patreon account for the fighting cock, where we have a paywall and get additional content. So we're making this. Is this the right place to announce? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah we're, we're making this series of uh, of us playing co-ops and trying to get to <laughs> series season one. And uh, can we say what it's called? Yeah, y- Yids versus Kids. Yeah, because <laughs> we're both big fans. Yeah, and we're going to smash up kids. Yeah, so. uh, originally the name of our club was going to be um, Smash Kids, but lose against good people. Yeah. But uh, we started beating good people as well. Yeah.
0: So in in the end, it's just kids uh, versus kids. Yids versus kids. <laughs> um, And the reason that um, obviously we sort of we've called ourselves that, um, as you mentioned, we're both big Spurs fans. Mm. Um, tell us a little bit about Fighting Cock, mate. For those that don't know, a lot of people who uh, listen to this uh, came here via Fighting Cock mm. from my appearances on there. Um, but just like tell people, like, regardless of their team, what you've done is amazing for um, Spurs fans, so just tell people about that.
1: Uh, is it? Uh, I, I produ- <laughs> we produce a podcast that's been going for eight years, and it's pretty successful, listened to by a few people each time we put a pod out. Uh, it's just me, my mates, my best mates now, who um, kind of sit around a microphone talking about Spurs, sometimes n- nothing to do with Spurs at all. Yeah. Uh, there's a kind of nice mix between football and just the things we get up to as lads. And, yeah, we've been doing it for eight years. It's my job now, which is incredible. And, uh, yeah, lots of people seem to like it.
0: Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is mad. mad.
1: Like I said, we met.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that was kind of vicariously, that was one of the reasons why I started doing podcasting um, at all, was because I listened to The Fighting co and I was looking to do something that was kind of around things that I'm interested in. And my uh, girlfriend at the time, so now my fiance was like, why don't you do something like The Fighting Cock, but for hip-hop? So mm. I was like, yeah, I'll do that. And then uh, reached out to T, who's on The Fighting Cock, mm. and then the rest is history, and I've been on The Fighting Cock, and now I'm doing this. Yeah, and amazing. Then, and now we're here. Now we're here. Now we're recording this. Um, right, mate, well, as your, um, this is your first appearance. Yeah. Um, I've got to ask you the same questions I ask everyone. What? They are boxing entrance music. So, what's, what's your, do you know what your boxing, mate, category is? Uh well right now it would be cruiserweight cruiserweight right cruiserweight world title yeah you're going into the ring and someone goes oh quick quick shout what's your uh what's your entrance music bring the ruckus boom that's that, mine absolutely got to of it in it hype job
1: bring the motherfucking ruckus
0: <laughs> it is the ultimate I think it's the ultimate box entrance music because if I picked it then I obviously think it's the best
1: yeah um but. I think it's the perfect tempo of like it's fucking Larry, Yeah, in. yeah. Let's go. I like I liked uh, Tyson's entrance music, which was not, just nothing. Yeah, just come in black shorts, black gloves, mean fucking horrible. It's Yeah, it's, motherfucker. Really, yeah, it's uh, really good. Uh, who, who, what, what are the other people have gone for? Um, Tony D went for
0: "Mama Said Knock You Out," mm. which is uh, which is a pretty pretty good one. Yeah, um, there's a lot of yeah like um, smash something that was on What's there. That? Red Man. Okay, a um, lot, lot of like just bangers basically. Mm. Um, although Cal from Below the Belt, yeah, he went for a tr- uh, Club Tropicana just to <laughs> just to throw his opponent off.
1: That would be incredible. Which is good, isn't it? Yeah, it is good. Yeah, that is good. Uh, uh, there's um, uh, Lee Selby comes in to big up. I can't good. remember what tune it is, but yeah, and he raps along as he walks in. Every that's same good. Time, yeah,
0: yeah. For me, like I know obviously I'm biased, but for me, like hip hop gets me hyped and like that kind of adrenaline, aggressive. Aspects of it would definitely be what I'd want before I go into the ring. I like, just think it's the perfect combination. But I do get where Cal was coming from in a sense of you can play something to kind of unsettle your opponent. Yeah. So, so it depends, doesn't it? Club I,
1: drinks you. Just, I, just
0: walking in with a Hawaiian shirt on. Just like, <laughs> that is quality. Yeah, I think that'd be good. Um, the other question I always ask guests is, um, you can have one album for the rest of your life. Now we've had a few people go for compilations. Yeah. Controversial subjects. Yep. Um,
1: as a like, gr- object for the question, like, but
0: like greatest hits. Yeah. So okay. not, not like a now fifty six, but yeah, like the Michael best Jackson's of. best of. Yeah. We're allowing that, we're not allowing compilations. <sighs> what, what would so? you go for? Um
1: I would probably either Eminem, obviously, because mm. we can talk about him. Uh, but I'd miss out so many of his albums. Yeah. Uh, uh, DMX, maybe that, that would take me back to my kind of hip hop origins. Yeah. Um, Immortal Technique. I'd, uh, I love that every one of his records, love the kind of, sort of woke, um, kind of what's called, con- conscientious rap. Yeah. Quite like that as well. Um, the Answard, that won't go down well at all. <laughs> but I fucking love The Answard. I understand he isn't a good rapper, nor is she. I yeah. understand that. But the whole thing about them is it's a show it's a piece of art yeah, and it's to me mesmerising yeah. even though you know the music is pretty poor it's like theatre isn't it it's yeah. like they've created like a yeah like a, almost an installation a yeah. live installation exactly and if you ask them about that if you've seen interviews where you ask them about that kind of you know is it real are you real they like respond in like really fucking furious <laughs> like how dare you ask us that yeah like, yeah. but he's um Ninja's had many different kind of uh, what do you call them? Like characters. That yeah. You play. used to have a guy called Max Normal, which is much more sort of like archetypal rap. Okay. Which is decent, but yeah, probably Eminem, really. Okay, which album would you pick on? Sim Shady, maybe. Uh but Strong. I love, there's four, five albums that I. There's this four album Eminem albums that I really love. Yeah. Really, really love. And, uh, there's that free absolute garbage which i hate <laughs> well we'll
0: get into that because he's a very divisive figure generally so i yeah. think it's kind of an interesting thing um but um just quickly uh, we asked people for like their basically five for five which is yeah. like their five favorite mcs i won't ask yours now i'll give you some give you some thinking time okay I'll ask you at the end um but people very kindly uh, came back and commented so if you want to do that get go on to um itunes and basically leave us a review um we've had some top fives i want your view on what you think of these people's top really? Um so someone's got uh, Eminem mm-hmm. J. Cole mm. Kanye West Game and Dave Dave yeah, amongst them
1: yeah
0: and that was at Mr. Uh, underscore WP and he said Hon- honourable mentions Common, DMX, Jay-Z, Pusha-T AJ Tracy
1: I mean, they, they haven't been around long enough to be in, in well, that same bracket. Of, but it's their favorite, not necessarily true. who's the best. That's true. I, I've got a lot of, uh, of love and, and kind of respect for Dave and then AJ Tracy. They're more than capable rappers. Yeah. They're just kind of there's canons to this, yeah. And they're they're not in that bracket yet. Well,
0: if you've got like the pantheon of hip hop to choose from, yeah, I feel like that's like it's a controversial shout for me. But then this is the whole point of the question is. If I'd have just said who I think people will go for, we'd have got a very different list. That's why it's good for people to engage and tell me what they So think.
1: much about music and hip-hop specifically is about how you connect with it, what, mm. how, what's happening in your life at that time. Definitely. Like, I love Jagged Little Pill by Alice Morissette. It's a terrible record. <laughs> I hate it, but it reminds me of being young and my first love and, yeah. and kind of that summer. And, and for that, it kind of gives you the, the, all the feelings you want. It, not, no other genre conjures, conjures feeling in you like music and you know so for me i'm not saying that these five rappers are the best out there although eminem's up there yeah but it's about the kind of what it meant for me and and, and my memories of these albums yeah and it's got to be like eminem immortal technique dmx i put dre in there because that was my that was my next step after eminem yeah it's kind of that was my my eyes were opened after 2001 and I went back to the chronic, yeah. and uh, and yeah, who else? I I, like, I would like to say um, some someone English because I actually listen to more UK hip hop now yeah. than I do Yank hip hop, um, but there ain't really anyone kind of on that level just yet. But tell me, tell me these out there. Yeah, Tony D is definitely. Tony up. D is
0: fucking flames, man. Yeah, he is. He's wicked. He is fucking he's fucking. His battle,
1: battles are amazing. He's an incredible rapper yeah. and uh, one of the most interesting people I've met. Um, yeah. Now he's a, a very good friend of mine.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. But yeah, Tony Tony D is is incredible. Uh, I like Loki. Yeah. Um. Dizzy Rascal, if you're gonna go back, kind of if we're talking about grime. I've been listening to loads of Bugsy Malone. Yeah. Were My, we were talking about this the other day during our co-op seasons. Yes. And you were telling me your love for Bugsy. I I, so I, this is in the last week or two. Yeah. I was, I was listening to kind of a UK hip-hop grime playlist that was on Spotify. And Die by the Gun came on, which is a track off his new album, Be Inspired. And it just, you know sometimes a song grabs you. Yeah, it just resonates. I was resonates. Like, I turned the playlist off and just put his album on. Sick. And he's, the intelligence and storytelling is super. He's not like a technical rapper, yeah. but his ability to tell a story is superb, and kind of play and twist and ha- have like c- kind of blow your head back with mm. like fuck shit. That is incredible what he just did. So yeah, I'm buzzing on uh, Bugsy Malone as well. Mate.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Like the the UK scene's really like emerging. Like people obviously mentioned Dave, AJ Tracy like Bugsy, there are a lot of other UK artists that are going more down that storytelling, like, lyrical route, and it's, like, nice to see, because American hip-hop, for me, anyway, has taken a little bit of a left turn, it's gone mm-hmm. very much about, like, the instrumental and, like, the party kind of sound, yeah. so it's nice to hear it, so the UK, UK doing well, it's good. Um, just a couple quick more, uh, Grand Slam
1: said Biggie, Jay-Z, Lloyd Banks, oh, No, yeah, Biggie's in there, sorry, I fucking love... This is the problem with it, though, isn't it? Yeah, uh, do you know I don't know why it didn't pop into my head, Uh yeah, Biggie, 100% it's just hard though because you get a good list and then it's just, it's just different Re- ready songs. to die is such a fucking yeah. I know, and I'm not saying anything like that anyone don't know but he, yeah. like, it's such a good album yeah it's incredible his flow is he, he's, he's bar none the best hip hop flow yeah oh yeah I mean his like his whole sound is just you can give me a loop man what a fucking yeah, tune that he... gets me hyped yeah that like, that uh, would also be a good entrance I isn't? didn't even know that they, that they were both him yeah fuck give me the loop give me the loop Oh mate, it's such a—that's a quality. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Um, I, I have him over Tupac massively. Yeah, same. But then I'm very much East Coast
0: over West Coast. So I have an East Coast bias Because I like the more gritty Shit But the thing about Big That why his flow is so good Is you can put him on like a More casual track Like Big Popper Yeah And he sounds casual You can put him on Gimme the Loot And it's like Sounds like hype and grimy But his flow is sort of consistent Yeah That's a real like skill set It's amazing Um, So if you want to tell us your um, Five favourites Then uh, just go on iTunes Leave us a review Five stars And then give us your five Five for five And then we will read them out Um, Okay Let's get stuck into this week's episode Mm. Slim Shady LP. I haven't listened to it for a while, uh, and I listened to it on the way over so I could get in the mind space of, of why. But why did you want to do this one above all, mate? Why did you love it?
1: Um, my, my mum uh, told me a story once. Any good hip hop story always <laughs> starts. With, my mum, uh. yeah, my, my mum loves her music, and she told me a story when I was a kid that stuck with me, and has it kind of yeah, it's just never left. It always pops into my head every time I hear the Beatles and uh, Revolution came on. The radio when she was listening to it, and she was so kind of like she was she she thought her radio was broken.
0: Wow,
1: that's how kind of like original this stuff was, and, yeah. and it kind of she was just like I said, like stuff that blows your head back is the stuff that stays with you. And she said in that moment when she must have been about eight or nine, she heard Revolution on the radio, and she thought the radio was broken because it was like nothing else she'd ever heard. And that's so cool. Yeah, I had a very similar experience probably because she's kind of put it into my head, with My Name Is. Yeah. Um, I heard it come on the radio, and I was just like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Excuse me. Bearing in mind, I, um, I, I'd never listened to hip-hop before. Yeah. So I, this came on, My Name Is, My Name Is, and I was like, what? Slim Shady. And then listened to it, and I was like, fucking hell, this is incredible. Like, I'm just absolutely amazed by what I was hearing. Yeah. Even though, like one of his weaker tunes. It's just mm. a pop record. It's a it's a it's a hit maker, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and I bought the album that afternoon Fucking hell. and listened to it from start to finish, over and over again until I couldn't bear it anymore. Like I, <laughs> I find it tough to listen to now because yeah. I killed it, rinsed it. Yeah, I dream about it. I like dream the lyrics. I would yeah. dream, dream hearing him rap.
0: I had a really similar kind of story because I was sort of at my middle school, so I was like twelve, I guess, when it came out. Mm. And um, I remember we were going on a trip to the Science Museum in London, because that's how cool we were at our school. And uh, as soon as I got on the bus, one of my mates, Dave Murphy, was like, have you heard that song? Have you heard that song? Mm. My name is, my name is, digga digga, my name is. And I was like, what are you talking about? You know when someone's just saying something, yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like, you're not processing what it is. Yeah. And you're like, sing it to me. And he's like, oh, I can't sing it. Like mm. just it's just like a rap. And you're like, okay. Mm. Like, you're just really confused yeah, by yeah. the whole, like, thing. And then, obviously, then, you didn't have, like, mobiles where you could just, like, go on YouTube and, like, find it. No. So, we just had to literally wait till I got home. All day, he was going, mate, you're going to love this. You're going to love this. Like, mm. telling me about it. And you, I got home, and I was just literally put on MTV and box, and I was just flicking to wait for it to come on. And it came on, and yeah. I saw the video. And I was
1: like, oh, my God, this is that song. And I was, like, absolutely buzzing to hear it. Well, it's a kind of, there was a process to it as well, because you, I'd never heard of him. It yeah. came on the radio, uh... I was buzzing off it bought the album opened the case yeah. and he's fucking white yeah I'm like what like this is incredible mm. like not only have I not listened to any hip hop before barring kind of Vanilla Ice and Will Smith yeah <laughs> uh, it, not only is that he's the same colour as me yeah. and, and doesn't look dissimilar to what I look like yeah. do you know what I mean it's, I'm not saying I look like Eminem but, did you have bleach hair then nah I never did that but <laughs> I, I, I was very blonde yeah. when I was a kid um so you kind of get into you kind of get past the first kind of poppy song of of My Name Is and then you start listening to him and even someone who knows nothing about hip hop as I did then could recognise the talent Yeah, it was just it it was so listenable Yeah, and like the storytelling brain damage you know people in that song it was such a like in Brain Damage which he he talks about um, his kind of life as a school at school yeah bullied and 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 getting bullied and stuff He made the bully famous. Yeah, like what better payback is that? He had to go court with it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, man, it it just absolutely caught me, grabbed me by the throat
0: and didn't let go. Yeah it's it's definitely um it's definitely a landmark album in the sense of like for for him certainly because a lot of people think this is this is his debut album. In fact, we had some questions talking about. Also, how was this impactful as a debut album without getting too hip hop geeky about it mm-hmm. he had an album that didn't do particularly well yeah. Infinite which a lot of people forget about Inclu- including me I do it all the time just always refer to Slim Shady LP as the first album and this was the moment where he like really became uh, like a landmark star and obviously his kind of star like rose massively over the next sort of five year period so it was a really like gutsy and ballsy introduction to kind of him as a person as an artist and it was such a departure from the likes of the Will Smiths of this world, who were massive at mm. the time, and it's really a really like, interesting album, so it's, I'm glad that you brought it up, because it's, it's good for us to cover, so yeah. um, before we get into it, let's get the murder stats from DJ Ricky Rick, for those that don't know, murder stats is where we basically learn all the facts and figures about the album, uh, so we're going to pass you over to DJ Ricky Rick, and then we are going to get stuck into the Slim Shady LP, peace! Alright, it's me, uh, no DJ Ricky Rick this week, he is feeling a little bit under the weather, struggling with some mental health issues... So, I just want to give a big shout out to d j Ricky Rick. If you want to send him some love, um I think that would like really be appreciated by him um so, if you just want to like wish him well, um you can get at d j ricky Rick at hip underscore hop underscore nineteen eighty nine um just send him some love. He's just going through a bit of a tough time at the moment. It'd be nice for all the lovely people that listen to this podcast to just drop him a little tweet. Uh, Just tell him to to stay strong keep his head up and and just be good and he'll be back doing the murder stats very very soon Um, So I'm gonna do them for you. So these are your murder stats for uh, Eminem's The Slim Shady LP The Slim Shady LP is the second studio album and the major label debut by American rapper Eminem It was released on February 23rd 1999 by Aftermath Entertainment Interscope Records It was recorded in Ferndale, Michigan, following Eminem's recruitment by Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine. The album features production by Dr. Dre, the Bass Brothers, no relation, and Eminem himself. The Slim Shady LP is his first album with a major label, after his first album, Infinite, was released on an independent label in 1996. The majority of the album's lyrical content is written from the perspective of the rapper's alter ego, Slim Shady, hence the title whom the rapper created on the Slim Shady LP 1997. The lyrics are noted for their depictions of violence and heavy use of profanity. The album was met with both critical and commercial success. Critics praised Eminem for his uh, unique lyrical style and the album debuted at number two on the US Billboard 200. Uh, the first single was Just Don't Give a Fuck and that was released in October 1998 uh, And the first official single was My Name Is which peaked at number 36 on the Billboard Hot 100, becoming his first entry on that chart. The album went on to win a Grammy for Best Rap Album, and the Slim Shady LP went on to be certified Quadruple Platinum. It sold over 18 million copies worldwide, and in 2012, the album was ranked number 275 on Rolling Stones Magazine's list of the 500 Greatest Albums of All Time. Produced four singles, My Name Is, uh, January 25th, 1999, Role Model, Uh, May 26, 1999 Guilty Conscience Released June 8, 1999 Those were your murder stats For the Slim Shady LP As you can see I'm not as Slick and Polished As DJ Ricky Rick So hopefully he'll be back With us very very soon But like I said If you want to give him a big uh, Shout out And send him some love Because hip hop is more Than just a genre It's a culture So let's look out For one of our own Um, Tweet DJ Ricky Rick At hip underscore hop Underscore 1989 And uh, show him some love people Peace And right, mate, let's get stuck into this album. Um, like we said, when this came out, everyone was talking about it. Like, it was fucking massive. Like, you couldn't go anywhere without someone talking about it. You'd always hear the song. Um, and it was a massive, like, commercial success. Like, why do you think, like, this album blew up so big? Like, there was so much controversy around it. Like, yeah. Why was it such a big album, do you
1: think? Well, for, for the controversy around it is a kind of massive part of it. Mm. Um, there's so many things going for him in in terms of the kind of time. Hip hop was about to explode again, you know. Kind of, it. it, it, I'm not a massive hip hop historian, so I don't really know, but it kind of felt like it was one of the first modern albums, certainly that were going to be that mainstream that you know, the people were going to kind of pick it up. It just felt like it felt fresh, yeah. Uh, it was hip hop, but it had something else, it didn't sound like anything else. His rap style was completely. Dissimilar to anybody else's, apart from maybe like cannabis, yeah. where there was kind of some people saying Bitty style and whatnot. But you know, the main thing is what well, is two main things. Dr. Dre yeah. picked him up. That's a you know to, to be co-signed by him or you know underlined by him. He got such a good head start. Yeah. The fact that he's white is is the key as well. You know, he's like had a great look, blonde hair, but the fact that he's white means that it's. He opens a new market yeah that you know white kids that liked hip hop back in the day were kind of ones that and still to this day are kind of looking into and wanting to be a part of black culture yeah which is why Eminem's is controversial because he's heralded in in a in a um, in a genre of music which is predominantly run well, less run by but kind of dominated by black people because it's yeah. their music um so yeah that helped him massively he was good looking chap. As well, um, so girls liked him, and I think he kind of opened up hip hop for a lot of people, like he did me. You know, he opened up the genre, which was almost like a closed book. I think at the time, hip hop was uh, second to country music yeah. as of the biggest selling genre in in America. And he kind of helped change that and and, and opened it up to the masses. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing is another conversation. But the fact that he was white, good looking, incredibly skillful with the mic and had dr dre behind him couldn't really lose and then there was like it was it was music for the people it was music for the listener didn't give a fuck about the mainstream didn't give a fuck about upsetting anyone actually went out of his way to write controversial bars that weren't going to be accepted for radio yeah. you know you think of like guilty conscience yeah which is it talks about raping yeah girls uh underage girls it talks about um Shooting some your your wife and and, uh, domestic abuse, domestic abuse, drug use, Uh, and that's like a banging tune on the album. And hip hop's always done that. It's always Mm. been able to kind of get a whole leg over the line of acceptability. All all of the very best hip hop artists talk about really controversial uh, things, and they're allowed to because it's kind of it's a representative of what they've grown up and seen. Yeah and it's, it's the, the best kind of hip hop is kind of quite horrible yeah. quite grimy quite violent homophobic you know uh, sexist racist in term, times yeah. you know so but you love it because it's honest and you know what that was is a mirror of his life
0: growing up yeah and also what I think is really like fascinating about Eminem so there's a lot of points there that, I, that I really agree with about what you said is like first of all like kind of from a, a racial point of view like his his skin colour means that rightly or wrongly he's more acceptable to middle America and like middle class big money there as well and and that's where there's a lot of money and what I would say is he gets a lot of stick for that which is like would he have sold so much if he wasn't white no he wouldn't he wouldn't have but what I would say is as a result of him being so successful and people like yourself and millions of other people that had him as a gateway into hip hop that those same people now listen to 20, 30, 40, 50 different black artists. That's exactly me. So I think that there are pros and cons to someone like him. And, and again, there are like a plethora of political reasons why that's a shame that that even has to happen. But that's kind of the reality you're
1: of not, it. You're isn't. not a great hip-hop great if there ain't pros and cons about you. Yeah, for all, sure. all of them. you know, Like Biggie, there's pros and cons about him. The yeah. like there is. You know, it's, um you want controversy. You mm. want to talk about these people because it's such a kind of extreme version of music, where people can really say and do whatever they want, or appear to do and say whatever they want, and get away with it because it's a part of the genre. Genre. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like just it, it was that kind of stuff which I think made him successful. But fundamentally, it's about his talent.
0: Yeah, for sure. And that, and that's one of the things. I like I said, I was listening to the album on the way over because I thought, right, I know the um really well. Like you, mm. absolutely. Rinsed that, like burnt it to the point where I was like, you know, when your CDs just like worn out. It, yeah, was, like, it. it was like that. I absolutely mm. loved it. I can
1: still see like all of the, the, the kind of inlays, yeah. the, the, the the wording, the, the the way the the way the CD looked. It kind of it's etched into my memory. Yeah. Same. And it, like, exactly like you said at the beginning, it's like a real moment in my life. Like mm. I can really remember
0: that time of that like album being out. And again, like the guilty conscience uh, video. I just remember yeah. that being absolutely amazing because it, it's like a cold opening at the beginning. It's just like the camera's like zooming into the, the car park or whatever right, it was so. at the beginning. It's like a motel. Yeah. Like, and it's just, it seems like a movie. And like obviously the way that the, the track is placed is kind of it breaks up into almost like little skits to explain kind of like basically set the context for the next verse. Mm. And like just that is, I think it's the second or third track of the album. It's just like, it's already sounds so different to anything else I've heard like hip hop or otherwise and like the whole album is very creative in the sense of like the way that it's put together and um, I was going to ask you like why do you think that what was the main difference between Infinite and Slim Shady and why it changed Do, do you think it was like Dre's influence of course
1: yeah, but yeah. you had a producer there. I, I don't know who produced it. It might have been Eminem. I'm not it sure. was um,
0: Jeff and Mark
1: Bass who also so, produced they,
0: someone that
1: on this album as well. But when you've given like obviously talented guys, I'd imagine mm. I, I only know them by looking. You mm. know, when you look at the credits of each song, who gets who did the work that they're on there. Um, but if you have Dre's influence and he's kind of studio that he allows you to work in yeah. and you, you, you're given better equipment and you can produce better results but um yeah it's, it's a better album yeah uh, infinite is war and it's like it feels like a mixtape yeah. really than anything else And it's good if you're a massive fan of eminem you en- end up eventually going back there but he has not developed into the star that he became after slim shady and then definitely in uh, martial Mathers, where yeah. he's technically better rapper yeah. than than he was in, in, in sim shady so um yeah that he, he was just a better rapper produced better music it was more accessible.
0: Yeah I, I kind of feel like basically to put it in like football terms like Eminem's a basically a student of hip hop right so he's like he's a bit like Harry Kane in the sense of like he's worked really hard and crafted his talent and Infinite was like his lone spell at late in Orient Yeah. It was like you needed to go through it to like get better and like craft what you were doing and understand what it like means to actually you know produce an album mm. and understand like what your voice is and then comes to Slim Shady LP and it's like his breakthrough season at Spurs or his you know, breakthrough album Yeah, and that, that to me is like it's all part of what makes great artists good is that they they try and evolve and they try and change and get better and I think this album was like that combination between him and Dre and also the, the idea of Slim Shady as opposed to Eminem I, when I first said it I was like what well, is his name Slim Shady Yeah, or was his was, name Eminem that was another part of the kind of puzzle that was being created and put in front of you exactly and that mystique around like well Slim Shady is a character mm. and so he can say anything he wants mm. and I think as soon as that like, in his mind was like oh if I create a character he can, I don't have to have like, yeah. done this yeah, I yeah. can just say that this is what Sim Shady's saying yeah. it opens you up in terms of like from a creative standpoint if you've like, grown up in like, inner city New York right, and you've sold drugs and you've like, been involved in violent crime and hip hop is very much about like authenticity and keeping it real right? mm. once you've done an album or two on that subject matter it's very difficult to like, continue that but what I think's really interesting about like what Eminem's done, particularly the early part of his career, when it was very much Slim Shady rather than Eminem, mm. was was come up with abstract concepts and talk about things that were just like on his mind and he can say anything. And that's why I think the controversy was there and he was just like, I don't care. Like, yeah. Like, like I just don't give a fuck on the album. It's like, I don't care because
1: I can say anything. It didn't none of it actually felt true as well. It yeah. felt like he was kind of picking sort of facts and things that have happened in his life and then yeah. constructing a different alternative narrative mm. which could and probably is happening out there to this day but isn't necessarily 100% authentic at yeah. the same time so like you say, like the alter ego of Sim Shady is fascinating and again something that happens a lot in hip hop yeah. but yeah I love that I love finding out about why he's he called Sim Shady and Eminem and then if you think about the Dirty Dozen yeah. and, and, and D12 that, that they all have there's only there's six of them, right? Yeah. But they have they all have uh, an outer ego, so yeah. that makes twelve. So <laughs> cool. It, it's, yeah. it's it's very cool, man. And you know, it's it's the stuff he's talking about when you listen to the album for the first time. And at the time, I was eighteen. Yeah. So I was kind of it going, moving into adulthood and kind of experiencing new things. And and then hearing about very dark aspects of of, uh, of what it means to go through adolescence and into adulthood. Yeah it was yeah like I said gripping and fascinating and do you so just while we're on this subject because
0: obviously we're talking about kind of um, you know essentially the start of this album um, and like My Name Is is such an iconic track um, Gaz who, um, is my sidekick on the pod uh, he asked us uh, that album being like one of like the best kind of like uh I guess it is a debut single in the sense of it was the one that really tried and yeah was exactly um, And obviously the whole track is basically just like disses and funny comedy lines. Mm. Was there any lines in that track that just uh, like always in the out album? It? Yeah, I mean for me like for example I, I just remember like that. I think it's the first line. It's like, "Hi kids, do you like violence? Um, mind if I stick nine-inch nails at each one of my eyelids?" It's just like it's such a nice sounding rhyme and also like it's kind of like nine-inch nails like we're yeah. a band so it's kind of like subliminal and like the whole thing is just neat and tidy Uh and there's there's another one about like which Spice Girl I want to impregnate and all this shit like there's just so many funny do bits know, do, you
1: know, I, I, do you know I don't have I don't have a favourite line out of it I do have a favourite line from Eminem which yeah. is off a kind of mixtape or I can't remember where it was even but I heard the song is on, on YouTube on the internet okay. which I'll tell you about in a second but the, the one that kind of sticks in my head, probably because I like mushrooms so much, is... Uh, yeah. um, fuck, it's gone. Why is it gone? <laughs> the, uh, it's probably because of the mushrooms. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Shut up, bitch, do you have this mushroom? This will help you get in touch with your roots. Oh, uh, um, Come On Everybody. Yeah, yeah. Come On Everybody, yeah. which is fucking great. Which is a great uh, Great name as well, but the, yeah. the kind of storytelling there and about her crying her eyes out and giving her too much mushrooms and she's talking to a plant about her dad. <laughs> it's just fucking yeah. hilarious. Um, so yeah it's kind of uh, that's what pops into my head for some reason but I, I can't say I have a favourite line out of it I just like, yeah. love it all As the World Turns um, great tune Bad Meets Evil yeah this, I mean like the the album itself
0: is just like full of like great like comedy one liners like it, it, this is the thing I think that really stands out and, and he mentions it on like later tracks that he's like you know a little big L on top and what have you got like he, he kind of mentions that he's influenced by a lot of these other rappers and yeah. I think the punchline aspect of Eminem is very big L influenced mm. um, and I think that's something that's really like prevalent on this album is it's it, there's a lot of jokes on here a lot of like fun mm. punchlines and, and clever stuff and I just think it's like it's it's just a lot of fun it's, it's
1: great um, what, are, what are your favourite tracks mate on this album oh, Brain Damage yeah um uh... Bad meets evil one yeah. Royce
0: Royce. five 5'9's great. That is. Because there's not Because <laughs> there aren't many features on this album that like proper features and Royce is I think pretty much the only other rapper that's on there aside from um, Dre obviously. Yeah. Um so I was you know, normally we ask kind of what are the best features, but it's quite limited because you know obviously this. I, I, what do you think about features on rap albums? I think they should be limited. They should be limited, like one or two. And it was good. I mean, it was weird because I was like listening to it and I was thinking, God, there aren't many features on this album. I was thinking, yeah, one, one's fine, mm. one's absolutely fine. Like if you if you think of some of the great albums, they're quite limited in terms of features. Like Illmatic, like you've got A. Z. on there, mm. um, and then like you know Ready to Die, you've got Method Man on there. But there aren't loads, and, and I, I think that that's
1: kind of important, certainly in a debut album or a breakout album. Yeah, you want to know about a rapper. You don't right. want, like, and I understand features and why they're important in hip hop, especially and the money they generate for 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 rappers who have made it. You know, yeah. good way to earn some dough is to be, be kind of bought for a feature or a feature. Yeah. Um. But yeah, nice. No, um. I, it's, I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, so my favorite albums, so favorite tracks, uh, "Brain Damage," "Bad uh, Music," maybe. Um. Uh, uh, guilty, guilty conscience. As, yeah, as well. So guilty conscience is so good. I hadn't had it the, for ages. Listen to the, it on the, 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 of, um, the one, sorry, mate. The the one we talked about, Killing Kim. Oh um, yeah, so and Bonnie and Clyde. Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, so ninety no, seven. Yeah, so something. so fucking dark. Like absolutely, kind of. But I didn't know what I was listening to, and yeah. I and I felt naughty listening to it. I you know yeah. mean, it's like something you don't want your mum to hear. Well, the first time you hear it, because it's like for those that haven't heard the album
0: it's for a while, dark as fuck. It's mate. basically talking to his daughter Haley but he's talking to her and presenting her with like um, essentially a story about what's happening to her mum mm. so it's like oh don't worry about that boob on her neck like it's fine it doesn't hurt and all this sort of shit and essentially he's like killed Kim yeah. and he's like dropping her off and he's gonna like dump her body Right. and so but it's told from the perspective of him like sort of making sure it's okay like telling Haley like it's fine, like yeah. I'm going here. Yeah. Don't worry, she's
1: not responding. She's just tired. Like, and the things you know, like as we know now, like he's married. He was married to her twice, <laughs> and that was their actual daughter. Yeah, I don't know if it was it was her on the track. If it was actually probably him, not. Yeah, but th- 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 those were real things. Yeah, I'm not ki- the only thing that weren't real about it, it was killing her. But it's exactly how <laughs> he felt about her. Yeah, they so kind of was so honest and open. Like I said, this is my life. Yeah, probably almost too much. Yeah, too much. Yeah, for the sure. Damage, and, and the stuff of his mum as well. And, <laughs> you know this is he kind of he gave you so much, and I think that 's kind of like a, a it's an accessible it 's a way of being accessible to the audience you listen to, which is part of what we do on the fighting cock yeah. i, I ta- tell I, I speak a, a lot about things that have happened in my life and the things that i 'm interested in because um i 'm not really bothered that people need to know about it, but mm. other other people might be a little bit guarded about talking about. Magic mushrooms, or yeah. a sexual experience, or something that they might find embarrassing. I don't give a shit about any of that. Yeah. And it kind of that. I'm not comparing myself to Eminem here, <laughs> but I'm saying <laughs> it feels like you were just uh, uh, saying <laughs> It's uh, it, it's some of that that made this album so, so listenable. Yeah. You, you, you felt like you were you looking for a window into his life, especially as like
0: for both of us, we like relatively young men at the time, or boys really, um, listening to the album and like kind of hearing some of these subjects. Because I think a lot of people, a lot of times, people think that. Um, Hip hop can be really impressionable to young kids, and that was a lot of the controversy around Eminem was like, kids are going to hear your songs and then go and kill their girlfriends, or they're going to hear your songs and then going to go and like shoot up a school or whatever. Nah. And I think what what's interesting about it is that like for me, it was completely the opposite. I never at any stage thought, oh, this sounds good and glamorous. It's a complete opposite. Yeah. Like I felt like, oh my god, this is fucking yeah. Glamorous. Glad I didn't go through that. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, um, it's fascinating because it's alien. Yeah. You know, I'd imagine the vast majority of the money from hip hop comes from middle class white people, white kids in, in America. Yeah. In terms of the the American market, they're not they don't want to be gangsters after listening yeah. to it. And this isn't a gangster album anyhow It's yeah. not. There, there's plenty of violence in there, but this isn't like this ain't like uh, NWA. Yeah. So, yeah, he's he's kind of like it's it's just fascinating because it's so alien. Yeah, that, that's what I mean, that, all that kind of media influence stuff is bollocks. Isn't? Yeah, no, totally.
0: Um, well, for me, like my favorite track is here, Guilty Conscience. You mentioned, like, I just think it's such a clever, mm. such a clever concept and idea. Like the video, the track, everything about it is so is so brilliant. And like uh, Gaz obviously asked us about like funny lines. There's that one line in there when he's like, um, "What's the matter? She tripped, fell,
1: and landed on, on his, his dick." dick. <laughs> yeah, that mate, I cracked <laughs> up the verse. <burn. laughs> <That's> so good. <laughs> oh mate yeah maybe it was an accident yeah what like she tripped for a on his dick yeah that's that's fucking gold man like that that
0: whole track is so clever like the sort of good good and bad on your shoulder mm. like trying to give
1: you advice yeah like it's so clever what also was good about that and, and why that single was really important is because it's it kind of fully like Dre and Eminem are yeah they're boys yeah which is like massive it kind of gives Eminem the credibility with the, the kind of traditional hip hop yeah. community but then um, kind of allows or gives access to a new market through Eminem as well. So you can imagine the amount of people that bought 2001 after getting into Eminem. Well, I, yeah. did, I, I did that exact same thing. I yeah. love 2001 as well. Um, yeah, and vice versa. Yeah. It's, it's like a perfect marketing tool.
0: Like, Dre's yeah. like, I've got this amazing artist. I'm gonna like do his album, do my album, release really some similar times, and it's you get cross pollination. It's well, like
1: Well the and, and the when he when he talks about he brings up Dre slapping D Barnes <laughs> Which unless you're really good mates with someone, you wouldn't have got a pass to yeah. do that. Like Dre is I think that you've heard enough stories to say that he probably isn't the nicest human being on earth. Yeah. And has done some bad things. He might turn his wife around now, but apparently has done some bad things, hasn't treated women that well in the past. Yeah. If you look at the fight ones, he kind of seems to be kind of like acknowledging it yeah but i've heard stories around around that i spoke yeah. to the director of the one. oh really yeah oh, I, wow. I messaged him after uh, watching it on linkedin just saying "Look, oh, i fucking loved it it was incredible and the stories about how difficult dre was to work with about that like oh, so fuck. controlling all, all over it basically but the fact he can bring up slapping d barns which is a massive <laughs> massively controversial thing in dre's life yeah. Like absolutely, like a huge storm around him at that time, and he just made it a quip in one of his songs. Yeah, absolutely savage. Yeah,
0: yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, brilliant. Um, okay. Uh, what else? Do I want to ask you. Oh yeah, skits on albums. Yeah. So we mentioned like, um, there's not a lot of features on there. One of the other things that the old, older hip hop albums used to have was a shitload of skits. And yes. this album is
1: no. So exception. Did that era, yeah. Yeah. Actually, even um, even in the, on the chronic, there was like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you go back to yeah,
0: like sort of early nineties, like ninety uh, three, like Wu Tang, for example. There's obviously like the sort of
1: Shaolin skits. On yeah, there. yeah, yeah. And like this, there's, there's always been a bit of a thing in hip hop. Sorry, can I change my five for five? Go on. Then. Yeah, Wu Tang's got to be on there as well. Just all of them. Yeah, all of them.
0: No, yeah, the thirty six <laughs> Chambers. I could listen to that album forever. Yeah, yeah. I mean that album is. I mean that is pretty much my favorite hip hop album ever. <laughs> yeah
1: um just so much about that that yeah, i love like, see that that would get that's a university for me man that was my university track yeah because i was white and i wanted to be kind of like i want to look like i was accepting of multi- multiculturalism yeah right now i'm not like, i can't stand any other yeah um, anyone a- else. any ethnics I yeah. ideally just an ethno state <laughs> would be great I yeah. right. <laughs> no, uh, um, no but seriously like, i got into uh Facebook chambers at university and another thing just blew my head back flow I can't wait to see them against a festival and they're playing and even though it's like five of them fucking ODB son yeah it's all a bit weird but oh, yeah I'm looking forward to that man yeah but it's all good mate it's all good it's going to be um... skits sorry
0: yeah talk to me about the skits because there's this the on running thing is the Ken Kniff thing You're, uh, which is just so weird and on Marshall like Marshall Mappers as well mm. I don't even remember the skit it's Ken
1: Kniff like... from Connecticut God, I piece of shit <laughs> it's just so weird uh, And then, I think the influence probably came from a lot from Dre you know he loved yeah. the skit um and, and on 2001 yeah. some of my favourite Paul pornos yeah. is up there as one of the best kids. Oh, <laughs> yeah. you big dick bastard <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah um, the, I think one was called The the Club or The Loft or something where these two girls are ordering a drink yeah. apple martinis. look at this motherfucker, Yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. thirsty ass bitches <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah so uh, yeah I mean I, I, I like some Ken Keneff's very weird but it's kind of in line with what Eminem's all about yeah and uh yeah so why not they, they're funny I like Lounge yeah as well I never meant to give you mushrooms girl right, it's Cause funny because
0: that, that goes into come on over I never right? meant to give you mm. mushrooms uh, yeah. it goes into My Fault My mm. Fault and that's the one about mushrooms is. Well. Mm. that is a fucking great track there isn't a bad track on it yeah it's very true very very true um, okay let's talk um, a little bit more uh, wildly about like the production on this album so when sometimes when we ask people like their favourite tracks they always have their like favourite instrumentals tend to be exactly the same mm-hmm. but sometimes like the instrumental is just banging and it doesn't necessarily mean that you love the track so like is there any particular like favourite instrumentals where you like I just oh. really enjoy the sound on here like for, for me I mean it is one of my favourite tracks but um Role model that down 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 yeah boom, 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 boom. yeah 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 that I could just listen to that instrumental on its own like, yeah it's that, so good
1: yeah that is quality uh probably yeah, that that would be up there I, I, brain damage because it's kind of just so simple yeah brain damage is a really good answer. um but do, do you know what I, I'm gonna be honest here and cards on the table I, I don't know enough i don't I don't know enough to properly comment on it like I just yeah. some some of it's kind of buzzing about uh, buzzing off it like I used to like um you know who's no Dmx production is it? I've got
0: he. Uh, I've got he did some for Jay Z as well.
1: On yeah. The, um, I love that that kind of and the G funk stuff. Yeah. I could deal with that, but um yeah. It, ugh, I don't to say Any on this album that like yeah stand up yeah role model role model.
0: I mean it is just fucking yeah. great, uh, and also he absolutely like gubs off uh, Lauren Hill. It's yeah. Like, if I'm dumb enough to walk in the store and steal. I'm dumb enough to ask a, a date, date with, with Lauren Hill. Hill. Uh, yeah. Some I mean, people only see that I'm white, ignoring skill, because yeah. I stand out, like a green hat with an orange bill. which I don't, exist. I don't even see through the mist. How the
1: fuck can I be white? I don't even exist. I mean, <laughs> that is fucking amazing. But apparently she didn't actually say that. Yeah, it's
0: an urban legend. Urban, um, but he mentions yeah. it twice on the album. No, he is. It really did affect him. Yeah, he was, he was not happy. I can't
1: stand <laughs> white people.
0: Yeah. yeah, apparently that was an urban legend. She um, was misquoted. Mm. So, something along the lines. So the, the original quote was, um, I would rather my kids die than any white person buy my app. I
1: thought, I thought it was. Is that, is that, is that what it was? That, I was thought it was. I'd rather. Not, I would never have written it. Oh. a lot more kind of, well yeah so there's, this this is what this is the problem this is what i mean mm. it's, it's an urban legend well, I, I, I was like been starting to find cock i don't want my people listening to the fight. yeah well, fuck them nah. horrible yeah but they um they got got money so yeah they're everywhere, they are, they are they everywhere. Are everywhere. yeah they're everywhere like
0: eight. yeah <laughs> um okay well look uh, i want to um quickly get into um some other bits as well on this yeah. um so we talked about favorite lyrics or verses um let's talk more generally about Eminem's like, career and mm. impacts on hip-hop. Can
1: I just say my, my favourite uh, line? Yeah, go on. Uh, it's off of... Um, the, it's, it's... Fuck, I can't remember. It's... Um, I don't rap for dead presidents. I'd rather see the president dead. It's never been said, but I set precedence. I mean... Fuck, so there's so much there. You yeah. can break that down. But like, I don't rap for dead presidents, which is money. money. I'd rather see the president... Dead. Dead. It's never been said, but I set precedence.
0: Yeah. I don't rap for
1: dead. Oh man! Yeah, so basically, because there's so
0: much to that. Because basically, you're not allowed—you're not allowed in American law to make a, a death threat against a president. It's illegal, right? Right. So what he's saying is, um, it's never been said before a set president. So yes. he's essentially saying, "I'm the first rapper who will say that on a record." Yeah. And also, he's just saying, like, "I set presidents." Like, I'm the first to do stuff. It's like Such a complicated it's fucking but, genius. Mate,
1: it is. It is. And when you hear shit like that, it's just how can you not respect him you might not like, like his music but you've got to yeah. respect his abilities yeah I, I just think it's like
0: um, yeah wordplay and like like I said he's a student of the game so like he's
1: he's really studied what it means to be like a rapper and well it's happening because he knows he knows yeah. the colour of his skin yeah and he's talks about in some of his songs about him kind of trying to adopt black culture appropriate it you know wearing uh, African symbols yeah black gold and green is that right yeah red gold and green red
0: Red, green and gold, yeah.
1: Red, green oh, fucking white as fuck, man. But yeah, anyway, yeah, he's wearing it and uh, they didn't know what it meant and they kind of got snatched off them and, and, and laughed him and his mate. And uh, he, he kind of, he understands he went through enough being a probably a minority as a, as a young white yeah. man in Detroit to, uh, have to to know that he had to put the work in. He had yeah. to be great.
0: Yeah,
1: And he kind of, he, the, actually he, the work he put in paved the way for lesser white rappers who benefited from his kind of, Successes, and because he made it accept acceptable for white people to rap, it kind of made it kind of birthed a kind of string of very poor white yeah. rappers. The
0: thing is, for me with Eminem is what I would say sort of like as a general point about him is like I am completely fine with people that don't uh, his music doesn't resonate with them. Completely fine with people that like I wouldn't listen to it personally. But if anyone questions his actual ability, then I, I genuinely think they've lost touch with reality. Because you can, it cannot resonate with you. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, of course. But to actually like just break down his like skill set, like from from a rap point of view, like his skill set, he's got punchlines, he's got internal rhymes. Like he can rap fast, he can rap slow, he can he write can rap songs. Every word in sentence. He can rhyme every word in a sentence. Yeah, he has got everything. So it's like if you don't like him, that's fine. Like it's and up to you. But and he
1: didn't even come from a position of white privilege, even. Yeah. Like he, I can understand why people hate little Dicky mm. because he was such a. He he came from money basically. Mm. Also, he's a good rapper though. He's really good. He's yeah. really really good really rapper. Really good. But Eminem didn't have that. Yeah. Eminem is, you know, kind of, uh, Snoop talked about him like saying like he's white, but he's not. He's black. He's one yeah. of us. We we we've, we've taken him in. Yeah. He's he's a part of our culture now, because partly because of his. Very rough upbringing, yeah, uh, and secondly, because of he kind of politically he's made a uh, stand a number of times, yeah, and also I think like, um, so I've noticed it like,
0: sort of the music that I'm into and like, like DJ, and I've been around like when I was younger, I used to do a lot of like MC and garage events and stuff like that, yeah, back in the day, yeah, i some mm-hmm. had some bars, and um, again, I would be in a minority in, in a number of situations, like, kind of growing up. And the thing for me that I like, kind of realized kind of early on is it's not about you've got to be the same is that you've just got to be genuine Mm. and I think that that's with him that he had such a a difficult childhood in the sense of like constantly moving around a real troubled upbringing that he was a little bit lost and I think that the beauty of hip-hop for me is it's like a centre point to what you're doing if you just if you are good and you've got like bleach blonde hair and you're white and skinny that's fine because you're good at rapping Mm. and you're nice and people will listen to you and be like fuck yeah okay fair enough you get a certain level of respect if you kind of go in there, you've got the complete look, but it's not authentic. Mm. Then people will just that won't fly, basically. Mm. And I think that's a really interesting thing that he's he's kind of um, seen by most people in a kind of positive light. I don't think a lot of people's. You know, there's a lot of talk about kind of cultural appropriation in, in musical co- uh, kind of. I guess. Adoption of a different Like Viewpoint In terms of how he approaches Hip hop Yeah But what I would say about him Is that He gives back A lot to hip hop And to the black community In general Like He's there, not there Like was, sitting in his ivory tower
1: No There's, there's an interview uh, That I was on the. Is Nick Broomfield Did a documentary about Who killed Fucking B- Biggie Yeah Oh so good It's amazing Really enjoyed that Yeah really really good And he's talking to Sticky Fingers mm. And he was talking about Eminem I think it was on this 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 documentary uh, oh no fuck no I'm mixing it up because he interviews Sticky Fingers yeah. and Sticky Fingers doesn't like him Right. <laughs> and it's a really aw- awkward interview but I was, yeah. I was talking about another interview I saw with him and Sticky Fingers featured on Marshall Mathers yeah remember and, me and RBX, RBX I think yeah RBX and uh, he said that Eminem paid him more and on time It's the first time it's ever happened for him in, in a feature he said he was generous and he paid on time and for me I don't give a shit whether he's white, black or anything he respects yeah. the culture so for him to pay well for features on his second album not that he had the money but yeah. did, you know you don't always want to pay regardless of how much money he's are in banking but he did He did that so you know like it's again about the kind of respectfulness and, and, and understanding what he is and you know he's he's never he's never slipped up really no. he's never slipped up in terms of the, the race card and it could have been so easy although
0: there is that so there is that unreleased
1: freestyle of him where basically he had an ex-girlfriend who was black this is yeah but this is yeah. during Infinite this yeah is of around that time yeah. when he was like 16, 17 yeah. so that, that the source released this as a yeah kind of, and he's got beef with one of the co-owners of Benzino exactly so yeah, when you heard it it was like well yeah I mean this is a kid rapping yeah. who's been jilted and I don't know what the fucking story was about cheating on him or whatever yeah it is. but he basically drops a fair few racial slurs
0: against her Mm. Um, but but this is the problem, isn't it? It's like exactly like you were saying it. When you and we see it all the time in football, like with um, tweets from like academy players, they then become successful. No one cared at the time. They then become successful. So because eight years ago, when you were 15, you said that you hated gay people or mm. that you hated this. Now there's no thought in terms of like the context of how they maybe have changed as a person, they've maybe been more educated now yeah, they've yeah, grown up course. and realised that what they said I was forgot, awful. Yeah, forgot about it. Yeah, oh, forgot sorry. about it and just realised like, God, I can't believe I had that view. Like, mm. we've probably all said and done things privately that we really regret and have changed our view on. Now, I'm not saying it's acceptable like, Language, of course, it's, it's like
1: he's fucking, he's a human being, so what, yeah. he, he, The fact is, he, he, he didn't he received very little heat out of that. He didn't, yeah. It could have been much worse. The source is a massively influential magazine in hip hop. It could have been a lot worse. It blew over. I even addressed it yeah. In um on uh, I mean, No, fuck, was it the fourth album? I can't remember what it's called now. Uh, Encore? Encore, because that's where I started to hate it. Yeah. Because it got so bad. But, um, well, it bad technically, it was still good. It yeah, was just, just f- f- fucking stupid voices and whatnot. Yeah,
0: well, that that for me, like again, talking more broadly about Eminem is like the first, um, forget Infinite, the, the first like, two, like Made Hours, mm. Slim Shady LP, Marshall Mathers, like those two are genuinely, I great. Would, they are great, like they are classics in hip hop, and yeah. they, they would stand the test like, of time. They'll always be really good albums. Um, but then, like Eminem Show was was decent, but I would say that was his last really good album. Mm. He then has, like, a, in my opinion, just a bit of a fall off. Like, a lot of people like those albums. They did great numbers. They've, they've done really well. But he lost the essence of what he was. And you start noticing it even on uh, Marshall Mathis' LP. He does his layering technique. So, where he does the rap in a
1: deep voice like this. Yeah. And then he does his little high voice like this. Yeah. And they
0: layer them over the top of each other. Right. And that, that started becoming the norm. You notice on Slim Shady LP, it's all that high pitched. Mm. And as soon as you hear it, you're like, hi! You're like, you know it's Eminem. Mm. And then later on, it gets like deep and it's weird. And you notice it on. Um, I am whatever, whatever you say. See it, I you notice it gets like deeper. They mm. basically layered the vocals. Is that just something from his perspective? He wanted. I don't know. It. It's really interesting though. I, I love noticed that tune. it. That's, that tune's amazing. That is a great tune. You know the story behind why that tune was created. No. Ba- basically, the album was pretty much finished, and they were ready to like release it. Basically, and the label just had a massive go at him and Dream. Like, look, this, there's no single on here. Like, this is like bullshit. We need like another single so he was like okay fine I'm going to write is it the real Sim Shades so he wrote that and he like gave it to him and they're like yeah this is great and then he like came out of the meeting and he was fucking raging like why have I had to like write this like Mm -hmm. my first album was great because I did what I wanted Mm -hmm. and now you're making me like have another like my name is and so he wrote that in like one just one hour just sat there and wrote um, I Am The Way I Am yeah and like, there's lyric in there, isn't it? It's like I'm not gonna be able to tap what my name is. I'm pigeonholed into some kaki. Yeah, that. So he wrote that because he was fucked off at the fact that the label were just trying to like, like craft him into making like pop hits. Um, so yeah, it's just like it's, he's a really interesting character in the sense of like his album standing up and falling off. But Kamikaze, yeah,
1: man, loved. it's a good return to Absolutely what he's about. Fucking loved it. Yeah, and I every album he released, every single one, I'd sit there praying for it to be good yeah. to not hear another. Stupid voice, yeah. die, just just for him to go back to being a bit s- serious and spiteful, yeah, savage and savage, and, and obviously it, it, that album Kamikaze came out of all of the criticism that you received for all of the, the kind of body of music you yeah. put out b- between Eminem show and oh, was
0: it three or re- four relapse, re- relapse re- revival revival.
1: Yeah, it, revival was the one that got absolutely gumped. and then Marshall 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 Mathers LP two, yeah. which again. It, it kind of it, it feels like he disappeared up his own ass, He was mm. desperate. He, he, he honed his skills uh, or re, reinvented himself as a master uh, lyricist. Yeah. Because it's like Rap God is a like, technically incredible song, but you don't. I listened to it once and never heard it again. Yeah. Because it's impenetrable. a Yeah. rap it. fast, loads oh, of oh, people fuck. can do that. You yeah. don't need to do this. You want you, want, you need to tap into. Actually, it, and it's a little bit weird and. Uh, he, he needs to be angry yeah. and he makes his great music when 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 he's angry at something and that's what Kamikaze was all about and I, I can't tell you man I was I, I I put it on and I was like this is going to be shit again yeah. absolutely shit came out of nowhere and every song every single one was like bang bang I was like yeah. I love it man this feels like him it feels like I'm listening to m M&M and I love. Yeah, and it's, it's like technically incredible. Yeah, and great features on there. Joiner, Lucas, the Royce the five nine tune. I don't know, fucking no. That's that's that was caterpillar me. Yeah, playing oh, mean, on the album. That's on
0: Royce's album. Isn't yeah, it?
1: that's a fucking which is amazing killer.
0: That, that tune destroys
1: it. The Royce is on
0: another track on that one, which is also really good as well. Yes. Uh. Yeah. And the name escapes me now. But anyway, Kamikaze is great, and it's like you said, exactly Yeah, exactly. And that, to be fair, that's what makes M&M good. Is like like you said when he's doing like songs and it's like dang, da, dang, 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 mm. like all these weird little Spanish noises yeah, it. it's just like oh, yeah, it's oh, like
1: that You're like, Ma-, you've run out of things to talk about yeah. and it's so hard for his for, can you imagine from his perspective he's got two or three I'd argue three really great albums I love yeah. them and every show as well but so say two albums where he's got so much material he's just talking about his life and experience yeah. and things he's gone through and then it's done and it runs out and it, it's, it's common in hip hop yeah well this is a
0: question we had um, from our very own felonious filth. Yeah. Um, asked us a couple of weeks ago about um, whether or not, like, hip hop generally is, like, has a shelf life for artists. Like, they only have a shelf life where they can actually create like good music. And I, I think there's very few examples of people that have genuinely like kept up the standard. Yeah. Jay Z like springs straight to mind. Like, he hasn't fallen off. Like, his albums have always been. Really well loved, and I, I sort of say he's like number one at the moment. Yeah,
1: the the I, I think uh, the, the problem with hip hop is so much thought needs to go into producing the album. Yeah, so much more work producing a hip hop album than it is a country album or a rock album, in my opinion. Yeah, the production's one thing, but on Eminem's level, he's going to be wanting to rap at a kind of standard that people expect him to. So the bar's so high that so much goes into that that. It makes it quite difficult to sustain throughout a career. And like, I you mean, know, old as fuck now, man. He's like forty five, is he? Yeah, forty five. Um, and this, I'd imagine, went for a period where he was quite comfortable, where he ran out of things to rap about. But he's under pressure. He's probably got album deals. He's mm-hmm. under pressure to produce stuff. Probably cares a lot less. Still got that kind of passion for lyricism, but the content weren't there. So and and, and it's a, it kind of testament to his skill as a rapper that he kind of gets a buy. Yeah, like no one really digs him out for that shit, apart from Joe Budden. Yeah, no one, and they should because they a lot of it was shit. Yeah, it was shit. Um, and and that, that, you're right. Like he
0: does seem to get away with a lot by like most people. Um, the, the difficulty with Eminem is because he's white it becomes difficult for people to criticise him genuinely because they don't want to become, like, for the black community, because you don't want to become, oh, you're only hating because he's white and because mm. he's been so successful, blah, blah, blah. So, th- there is that awkwardness around people wanting to dig him out, but I think in-, in the occasions of his like last couple of albums before Kamikaze, I think it was deserved. Absolutely, it was terrible. Yeah, but, that being said is, I'm glad that people started digging him out because what we've got as a result of that it's is Kamikaze. him going, right, not only am I going to, like, have a go at why people had a go at this last album, taking a look at hip hop you lot of fucking shit mm. I'm going to show you I'm going to demonstrate to you by calling you all out everyone I think is garbage getting it like that is when he's at his best yeah. when he's got a target to go for and that's why Kamikaze great title yeah it's perfect That it came out of nowhere yeah. and smashed up the game
1: yeah and then obviously you had that kind of interesting beef with um, Machine Gun Kelly yeah And that freestyle headshot was fucking brilliant you know there's so much stuff about that like that, mate, I can't remember it. There's a, there's a story. Kill shot is the name of a film of uh, in 1987. Okay, where this guy kills machine gun Kelly. A machine gun Kelly, and that's that. oh mate, I've, I've, I've butchered it. It's much more kind of intricate, layered, yeah. and layered than that. And there's no way it isn't intentional. it's just kind of testament to how fucking freakishly complex it is. Have a look at it. What it is, man, it's, it's fascinating. I really like the. The MGK disc. The same. I don't rate him. Same. But, that is a good uh, disc. Um, but obviously Eminem came back and destroyed him, and you always knew he would. Yeah. Um, which helps MGK massively. Yeah. But there was a, a YouTube video breaking down why Eminem's was better. Yeah. Because if you listen to it as, as a, with the hooks cool, you kind of in terms of the MGK one, yeah. the hooks cool, it sticks in your head. Yeah. And it's nice. It's a good tune. It's a good try, you can yeah. turn it around really quickly as well but when they break down all of this and and the skills uh, sorry and the kind of multisyllables in all of their bars yeah. and he's what you talked about in terms of Immortal Technique before we started mm. recording about him being like the end of bar rapper like yeah. in terms of he rhymed the end of the bar Eminem's rapping five or six words in each sentence yeah. and then MGK's doing maybe four in, in, in a kind of stanza Yeah. so um, yeah when he's angry he, he's at his best and that's why actually his best music isn't studio albums it's the beef the beef stuff yeah so stuff against uh, Benzino against Jar Rule um, uh, the tracks he did with um, Obi Trice uh, DMX as well um, Green Lantern mixtapes as well show a lot of Ra- uh, raucous Records as well. Raucous Records, soundbombing. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking. Uh, the some of the lyrics on there are yeah. uh, amazing. Oh, man, it's incredible. So like he, he's he's talented, and, and and most people kind of see him for his albums. But if you're a fan of Eminem, and you dig a little deeper. Um, he's this tracks towards Jarrell and Benzino. <laughs> Nailing the coffin. Yeah. Is have you heard that? It's fucking incredible. You're talking about. Um. Yeah. Ben, Benz. Do you know about the diss between Benzino and Eminem? Yeah. Yeah. Beef. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. He's uh. The beef, sorry. He's, um, he, he just kills him with that in the cup. I don't want to be like this. I don't really want to, whatever it is. But he's fucking amazing, man. Oh, man. It's, it's good. So when he's angry, he's at his best. And, you know, when he's complacent, that that's, you know, he needs to be hungry. Mate, absolutely. Right. We're going to have a very, very quick
0: break so we can get another beer. Mm. And you can have a smoke. Mm. And then I'm going to ask you about, um, basically, you're going to recommend this album to someone that's never heard it. And then we're going to answer your listener questions. Cool. See you on the other side. Poosh. So we've just been um, we've restocked our beers and we've just been trading um,
1: freestyles, M&M yeah, freestyles. Um, and I've just introduced Flav to Stretch and Bobito show. Never heard it before. Incredible. Cool. Isn't it? Yeah, man. You're, when when I was listening to it, one, one of the criticisms that you could throw at Eminem would be that there are times where he puts the technical aspect of rapping over the substance of mm. what he's saying. So he'll say stuff that is funny and and is interesting to listen to, but doesn't tell you anything yeah so you know he kind of like i don't know there's one in uh, i think it's in caterpillar but he's talking about anderson silver breaking his leg yeah. and it's like like it's cool but it isn't the point of the song the point of the song is destroying mumble rap yeah not being clever with the words and, and, and it's like I, like I you forgive him for it and it's not a problem because you people that love rap enjoy his ability to construct the sentence and rap and yeah. uh, and and rhyme sorry and, and the the multisyllables and all that shit so but but that that would be one thing it's kind of like oasis yeah but not, you don't know what any of their songs are about because it's all fucking bollocks yeah yeah, it's true. I, I think with with him, and that that is a fair
0: criticism of him, and one that he gets quite a lot, is mm. that he doesn't rap about anything anymore. Mm. It's just like lots of technical stuff. If you're uh, like that clip I played you, if you're just on the radio doing freestyle, someone puts it's in shaman, definitely do that. Yeah. When you're putting albums up, like people want songs and they want they want to hear like stories and stuff like that. So mm. it's interesting. But um, right, I've got um, one last question. Then we will get into the listener questions. Mm-hmm. Let's just say an alien lands down and, and sees you. It says, Flav. I want you to pitch your favourite album to me or your favourite hip hop album to me I want you to give me your pitch this alien why you would recommend the Slim Shady LP
1: well it's, it's, it's the same thing man it's, it's, it's about although I've just said that he doesn't tell a story there are <laughs> incredible stories to be heard and, and be a part of and, and kind of understand mm. that have absolutely zero bearing on your life but fascinating because they are happening to other people and he's rapping about them in a way that's so accessible. Uh So it's, it's just about that man. That for, for me, the, the the stuff at the time when it came out, it it was like nothing else I'd heard before. And it's like it would be the same thing when listening to Revolver of the Beatles, which is one of my favorite albums. You know, Tomorrow Never Knows on that album is like thirty years ahead of its time. Yeah. It's such. It, it, now it sounds modern yeah and this was made in like 60s 60, 67 i think i'm pulling it out of the air, but yeah. and, and and for me that album if you can if i could explain to these aliens about context and time and when it came out that it was that it was that kind of a beatles album for the modern generation yeah and uh you know it's fascinating you, you can't expl- you can't pitch this album without explaining the kind of dynamic of hip hop and and its roots and where it come from, and how interesting and fascinating it was that a white boy, a small white boy with a high pitched voice, could come and dominate the genre. Yeah. It's, it's, it's finding a way to articulate that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, we've got, we're getting to your listener questions because some of what you just said there kind of ties into kind of a lot of these listener questions. So mm-hmm. we've got a question from At Gosbert. Uh, his question is Has the album aged well or not? At the time, it got lots of attention, but looking back 20 years later, was it an important album? No, I think what you've just said there about—and it's really true—I know you and I've had some um, Twitter beef back and forth about Queen versus the Beatles. Most most of that in jest, but no, no none of it's in jest. But <laughs>
1: what? <laughs> you're, you're you're a fucking idiot.
0: I'm not. I'm not. Are, I'm, certain, I'm, I'm, down, I'm <sighs> doubling down, mate. There's no world
1: where Queen are better than Beatles.
0: Better <laughs> is the wrong word here. It's kay. more important. Well, Beatles are more important. All if right. you're going to do that. that, but who's a better band? Like technically, songs-wise, yeah, Queen doesn't matter. He's getting mad Yeah let's just walk it Alright but the point I was getting to Is that um, The Beatles uh, Have definitely been one of those bands Probably the first band to actually become When they released something The entire world knew about it Mm. And I think what Eminem Does and did then particularly And he had like we discussed before Sort of two or three album run where those albums were like landmark in music, mm. not just in hip hop, mm. and this was the first one that set that Eminem train in motion. Yeah, and like Eminem for yeah, I'd say maybe a five to ten year spell would be in the top brackets of artists in the world. Like yeah. every show wanted to book him. He like could headline any like venue. He was the biggest artist in the world, right? Forget genres. Mm. And I think that there are certain artists that have that, obviously Beatles, Eminem, there are, there are others as well. And I think that that's what makes this album important, is that this is the album that sets
1: that whole Eminem train in motion. Yeah, and added to the fact that he was completely fresh and new to a um, a scene that wasn't for his skin colour. Mm. You know, he was coming in, it helped him, don't get me wrong, he acknowledges it many, many times, about how his skin colour and his blue eyes helped him sell records and yeah. find that new market but it wouldn't have been easy and it would have only happened if he had a cosign like Dre who could give him the credibility he would give people an opportunity to to listen to him because if Dre says he's cool then he must be cool so let's give him a go but before that he was fighting that battle yeah. way before Dre turned up yeah, yeah. you know it's chron- in a little bit in um, 8 Mark yeah. where you know he's battling in an industry or a, a scene that didn't accept him and you know for that you kind of it was a, an important seminal album mm. and paved the way for entire subsection or not even a subsection an entire section of society to kind of start looking at hip hop as a legitimate it was already legitimate I'm wrong I'm finding it hard to find the right word but something that it, mainstreamed it yeah it made it acceptable you main, didn't it? mainstreamed it yeah. yeah which is often quite a negative thing but it mainstreamed it without without kind of watering it down at all
0: yeah but this is what I mean about like the, the negatives and positives about Eminem is the negatives are like oh well, he only blew up because he was white well no, look, caveat Eminem, that with yeah. he's an amazing talent right. and he had Dre's co-sign. He had a great production team. So all the rest of it, right? The positives are, is that exactly for that reason that it became mainstream and it, and it made it accessible to a number of people who felt hip hop wasn't for them. Yeah, well, hip hop's now the biggest genre in the world. Yeah, it's the most listened to, most downloaded. I,
1: I went this, for my my journey was Eminem. My name is over that. Yeah. Very quickly onto Dre because he was on the album. Mm-hmm. Uh, listened to 2001, and obviously, like you said, technically not the greatest. Yeah. Amazing producer has a great ear for sound. Yeah but there are some fucking bangers oh, on man, that. that album is one of my all time the works. watcher is one of one of yeah. my oh, man. yeah the watcher's amazing he's just saying the same for gangsters. the sounds are changing oh, young you talked about
0: um, um, yeah Daniel, about the n-word n-word yeah it's a, a controversial subject where do you stand with it because the, so the early episodes if you listen back to maybe the first three or four mm. we only ever use it in context so if, if it's in a lyric we'll quote it but we'll say we're about to say it and then we say it because it's it's the word. You the mean, word exists. You mean when you're talking about a lyric? So if if someone uses the the lyric and the song, and you're analysing it on this show, and we are saying so. "What's your favourite lyric?" Yeah, and the end is in there, we would say the word. We didn't. We never use it in yes. conversation. Yeah. But it's really interesting. I've had like a number of different chats with a number of different people,
1: and everyone's got a slightly different take on it. Um, I, what do you think? Um, if I'm on my own in my bedroom, then I'll I'll, I'll say it. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say it now. Yeah, and like I said, I literally just stopped myself from saying it then. Yeah, uh, it's mate. The, the issue is so big that you can't you can't break it down right now. And and honestly, I I feel as white people, um, we aren't the kind of uh, the conduit for this conversation. Generally, that's how I feel. You know, we don't. I don't think I understand enough about the impact of that word and how it was used before, in order to past comment, I'd rather leave that to someone of colour
0: do, do you think though, this is getting quite deep but I think it's interesting, do you think that as a society though that we um, should only discuss things that directly affect us or that as a society we should all see what's bad and negative yeah. and try and find a way to make that positive or make it better or move past negative things? I
1: think the, 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 when, you're, when you're being critical you're talking about something a piece of art, then it's important to be able to talk about it with freedom And this is about intent and context as well. So if you're talking about a line in a rap tune that that uses the N-word, and it's clear that you are not coming from a place of uh, of kind of negative intent, Mm. then I can see where that is okay to talk about it. The issue you have though, is someone could be listening to this podcast who may take offense that you can't control. And so you're kind of putting yourself in a difficult situation. Yeah. Um it's 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 too big, man. I, yeah. I, I I I choose not to say it, I would never say it unless I'm rapping to myself. Yeah. And uh and you know, you look at Eminem to take it, bring it back a little bit, he's uh he's never said it, he's never even nearly said it. He's never you know, in terms of his studio albums, yeah. he's conscious of what he is. He said wiggers yeah. and you know, kind of honky and that kind of stuff, yeah. which is kind of like a yeah, nod to it, but uh, fundamentally, he he's he's aware of the the power of that word. And, no, no.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I just find it really interesting because well, did anyone
1: give you any stick for it? No,
0: no, no, none at all. Which is why it's quite well, interesting because I, I was very much at pains to say from the very beginning is that again I would never use the word in like in my life. I've n- I never would say it outside of the context of yeah, rapping in my own car. Even, not
1: even if a black person cut you up on a motorway. Um, no. No, I would,
0: I would probably um, want to run them off the road yeah. and like violently assault them. But it wouldn't be racially motivated. But it wouldn't be racially motivated. Okay. It's the fact that they're a fucking idiot that's right. pissing me off. What, what,
1: if, what if the person was overweight and had glasses? <laughs> then I'd definitely call them a fat specky mom. Yeah. Because
0: <laughs> I'm a horrible human being. Yeah. But that, that's beside the point. But yeah, no, I think it's, um, it's, it's a really difficult one. If you've listened to the early episodes, and I hope that you know exactly like you said, Flav it's about context yeah. and about intention our intention has never been to like be controversial or cause offence. Mm. we but just fact, wanted to uh, the fact
1: that you haven't been dug out for it but I've chose to talk about it as a controversial issue yeah. you know that, that it's kind of loaded
0: yeah and we're not doing it to be controversial I just wanted to be as like um, kind of organic as possible and some shows say it and beep it out now I think that's worse because you're you're basically saying it's okay for me to say it you just can't hear me say it I don't think it's okay for me and, me to say it if there's no context behind it. Do you, know, do you ever listen to
1: any um, Logic? The rapper Logic? Yeah, Logic. Yeah. And a lot of his early stuff is all talking about the, the fact that he's... Because he says it. Yeah. And he appears white. Yeah, he looks white. But he, he kind of bangs on about him being mixed race and stuff. Yeah. Um, it's such a, like, a massive issue. A, mass, a massive Not issue, but it's a massive talking point. I love that uh, like, in terms of kind of fascination with anthropology and, and, and people the fact that it's been reclaimed in the way that it has Mm. and then freely used in mainstream media and white people still feel awkward about saying it or or addressing the subject is fascinating to me Mm. I I, kind of I I do enjoy it
0: yeah I find it fascinating as well it's a really interesting subject but um, yeah it's got a little bit heavy but yeah I just think it's an interesting thing but yeah if you listen to the previous episodes where we've, we've used it and you're offended like No intention for that, but Mm -hmm. we've sort of made a decision to just avoid it now.
1: Yeah, you should be on the safe side. You should because you just open yourself up for a conversation you might not want to have. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it'd be someone would be within their rights to call you up on it. Yeah, and you know, I mean,
0: yeah, okay. Let's get into another question. But yeah, interesting, though, mate, isn't it? Yeah, man, it's interesting. Right, um, Sam Johnson, regular listener of the show, also a um, thirty percenter. Fuck Sam Johnson. If you fuck
1: him man. Yeah fuck him hate him. Yeah, just I, give,
0: give us your money and shut up.
1: Yeah. I I love his he's seven dollars a month. Yeah, that's it. And but that's other only, than that, yeah. Like I never wanna hear his name again. Essentially I might not even read the question <laughs>
0: Fuck it. <laughs> um at Big Sammy J he's asked us, uh, me again, how does this album rank against other hip hop debuts? Well, like we said before, sorry to Yeah, but you
1: can understand where he's come from. Yeah,
0: exactly. We'll let you off. Uh, is what uh is what the album helped spawn more important than the album itself?
1: It's kind of a bit what we spoke about, which is kind of what came after. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. Because that makes it more trip. it's all part of one thing. You can't, yeah. really, you can't really separate the two. How does up stand up to other... Well, give, give me... I mean... The... So let's let's, let's do it's, it against the best.
0: Because Eminem would be on what I call the Mount Rushmore of hip-hop, right? So yeah. the greatest are like Eminem, Nas, Jay-Z, Big E, Tupac. Right? They're, the, they're the big dogs. Mm. So let's look at their debut albums and compare... I would say personally that it does stand up like Ready to Die Biggie, it's completely different obviously they're all quite different to each other it doesn't matter it's the same thing. Reasonable Doubt Jay Z mm. uh, Illmatic Nas like they they are all they're in the same ballpark they're like, in the re- same ballpark Ready to Die say. is the best for me uh, I would say Illmatic is the best I love, I love Illmatic but it didn't it didn't do things to me that ready to die actually but now I'm saying that I'm thinking to so have reasonable doubt Jay-Z's debut is fucking amazing yeah so I'm just a bit like mm, I don't
1: know but I mean, this it doesn't cool. matter they are a part of that in in terms of breakout albums yeah they are a part of uh, the same they, they can be talked about in the same sentence oh I think can, can. can I can I say something controversial go on have you ever listened to Jar Rule's first album uh which one is his first album not pain is love I don't know it's any Vichy, whatever it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. No.
0: Fucking banging. But he wasn't uh, the pop, like no. star that everyone knows him as. He was like
1: a normal, yeah, decent rapper. And then mate, it's so good. It's like, like so. That was one of my like introductions to hip hop mm. as well. So I did, uh, like, like, like as I was talking about before, like went to Dre because we, 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 we kind of sidetracked there. Yeah. Went to Dre, then went to DMX because I was um, uh I was around my mate's house and he put it on. he loved hip hop. And fuck uh, what's the name of the song? Dun, 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 uh, uh, Rough Riders Anthem. Yeah, Rough Riders Anthem um, came on. I was like, fuck, you know, this is incredible. Yeah, it be- is <laughs> featured, I think. Uh, uh, sorry, yeah, uh, Jarl's featured, I think, on the on Rough Riders Anthem. Um, or, or the. Uh, um, hell is Hot and. Dark. Fucking you know, hell, what's the name of. Oh, um, uh, yeah. Um, um, hell is Hot and fuck. What, something dark. dark. Yeah, <laughs> oh, why don't I know this is embarrassing? Yeah, we should me. know this. We should know this. Uh,
0: uh, this is, this is basically his first album isn't
1: it yeah The Hell is Hot and the day is oh, fuck, I need to know now let me just google it quickly yeah, mate. sorry mate. Come on. no it's alright
0: mate it's, we do this often because sometimes you forget like album names
1: song names lyrics like it just gets to a point where you're like I can't remember what it's called well so, yeah uh, it's, it's dark, dark, and dark and Hell, hell is Hot that's, that's it uh, so I uh, I had that when you asked me a question about mm. the lyric my mind goes blank I don't know what, like, what happens in my brain the minute it turns off I remember all the lyrics <laughs> like I was rapping along to Nailing the Coffin by MM. Yeah. I know every word. Now, if he's took something to do, I wouldn't be able to say it. But yeah, there was uh, Flesh of My Flesh and Blood of My Blood as well. Yeah, so, cool. Jar Rule was on that. And I went back to listen to um, Holla, Holla. You know that? Yeah. Mate, it's such a tune. And uh, it was only when he kind of started collabing with, like, Ashanti and you know? that. Yeah. Well, to be fair, like,
0: we we spoke a little bit about kind of people's legacy. Chase some money, man. He wants, wants to get paid, son. Well, and yeah, I can but, understand that. Well, and I can, can fuck up, up now and you put. Right, last so. question is from uh, another thirty percenter. Okay. So, aka seven, uh, seven dollars. Mark Nesbit Anderson has I'm asked not, us. Lidge. He's a legend, yeah, top yeah. guy. Um, how do you think this album would be received in today's super woke society? Mm. The higher claim for the album was, in my opinion, partly linked to how safe hip hop and R and B had become in the late nineties with Bad Boy, uh, Will Smith, Jay Z. The scene needed a shake up, but would it work today? Fucking good question, Mark. That's an incredible
1: question. Great question. Um, I, I I often think, and this is going to be a wider issue that I have with the woke culture. Yeah, is I don't actually think it's that prevalent. I just think there's a lot of media outlets that have kind of latched onto it, and there's a lot of noisy people on on Twitter. Like, yeah. if you remove Twitter from your life, you'd have a less understanding of this new woke nation. Yeah, than than you than, than you do if you're on you're on Twitter. So. And people are so scared about being offensive now yeah. that it's actually kind of dumbing down and polluting. Like, I, I don't care if you're offended. Yeah. Like, if I do something that is offensive, feel free to have a conversation with me, dig me out, fight me, whatever it is, right? Yeah. But you have to be able to be given the artistic freedom to offend. You can't, you can't dilute yourself because someone somewhere might be offended by something you're saying, especially in art, especially in, in music. You have to be free to talk about the things you want to do. And I don't like Screwdriver, which is kind of like like a metal, racist, ske- uh, skinhead band. Right. What they, The music they produce is horrible, yeah. and massively racist and problematic. But it, it's a good thing that it exists, or it's yeah. allowed to exist. In a free culture, in a free um, society as we have in the West, you have to be able to say things that people, that might upset other people. And I think that he would have got way more flack than he did. And he's gone through his entire kind of career picking up stick from, especially from the gay community, because he used the word faggot a lot, which is a horrendous word. It's another word I don't use freely. Um, Actually, not freely. I don't use it. (laughs) I don't use that word. Uh, Because if you look back at the meaning of it, the etymology of the word, it's horrendous. It's a terrible thing. So he would get a lot of stick. And it would be a crying shame if that album was any different because of the fear of how people will react. Like, I don't have an issue with people having an opinion, but don't shut someone else down from saying what they want to say. Yeah. But the the problem with left-wing people, and especially like that Antifa, yeah. is they are in, in themselves extremists. Yeah. And, you know, if, why, if we're going to go on a tangent, they, they create problems for genuinely well-meaning people. So if you look at left-wing and Labour now, they are being damaged by the ultra-leftist Antifa. Yeah. You know, they're the same as the fucking fascists they're fighting. Mate, you, well, um, to quote, I mean, again,
0: he's now considered a problematic character for some reason. But, um, well, actually, for a lot of reasons. But Winston Churchill said, the future of fascism will come from anti-fascists. Yeah. And he's it's, right, it's because of... it's about, we don't think what you're saying is right, we're going to shut you down, but who decides what is acceptable and what isn't well it's us right well then that is a fascist view which is that we're right you're wrong so this is why it's problematic George
1: George Orwell who if you kind of read Animal Farm and you read um, 1984 1984 uh, and um, fuck I remember the other name Road Catalonia I think it's called Um, he's left winging socialist right that's fundamentally in that but he gave up information exposing some extremists in the Mm. left and explained that the, the reason why he did it was he could see no difference between the far rightists and the far leftists, and he did this by drawing a circle diagram. Yeah. And he put the far leftists on the on the um, on one side of the the left side of the circle, and he put the the far rights on the on the other side of the circle, and he saw that they were connected. Yeah. They're connected by the line. So you know everyone yeah. needs to just shut the fuck up a bit just
0: like shut it. the fuck up have yeah. a beer mm. and just stop like stop putting and each like, other in
1: camps yeah and was, people are so defensive of. we're going to talk about this on No Holds Barred I think in a bit later but they're so defensive of everybody like oh, you know you, you, you're offending me you've said something that's offensive you said something 12 years ago about gay people when when you didn't know what you was, what, you was, what was going on and you're like, why are you so def- so t- steadfast in defending other human beings when yeah. when human beings all over the place yeah. do bad things all the time?
0: So basically, my, my view of this and, and like this, defend animals. Yeah, right? what what I like about this is we we started talking about how Eminem like basically says like shoving nine inch nails through his, each one of his eyelids, uh-huh. and now we're getting into like the, the dichotomy of left wing versus right wing politics. <laughs> But this is why Notorious POD is such a brilliant podcast because this is what we get into. It is a bit but um, this is my major issue with to go to kind of into the question about like woke culture today. The problem is with identity politics which is at the core of it which is basically instead of my view which is that we should try and find the commonality between people and mm. the things that we share and just go well actually hair and eye colour is irrelevant so why would skin colour be any different and moving away from racist ideas which is that we're defined by our skin colour this is the complete opposite which is that no we need to define each other by our sex our gender our um, sexual preferences and our colour, and then there's a hierarchy in terms of who's the most oppressed out of those groups, right? The problem with that for me is that that, that gets into a very like divisive scenario where everyone's offended Subjected. by everything yeah. exactly because yeah. you're dividing each other literally
1: by things that are Everyone you're born bracket, with. Yeah. And you know, for me, that's that's you, you wrong. look at, look at the, the gay community, LGBT, is a lot of them don't accept, oh no, a lot of them that's a ridiculous thing to say. There are some aspects to that. A subsection of society who don't see trans people as mm. or, or a part of that group yeah uh, there are uh, gay people who don't like lesbians yeah um, and that, this is what happens when you start having to bracket everybody so I would say be kind to each other Yeah, be nice and that's where the line ends I don't give a yeah. shit who you are what you look like I'm going to be nice to you as, as long as you're a decent human being
0: yeah I, I agree I think I, I basically, the idea of oh, I don't see colour like you see, you see people exactly how Plus, they look and how they like, are
1: saying I don't see colour is like it's fucking stupid. Thing it's dumb, see, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. But
0: we should all see the way that we look, but that we should also recognise that that's not important. That's the most important thing for me is that uh, we should all recognise the differences, but they're not. But that's not what defines you. Mm. What defines you is your character and your personality. Martin Luther King, he knew what he was doing, didn't he? Creed. <laughs> he's like i just want my like children to like be judged on the concepts of their character right not yeah, the yeah, color of their skin that that's why has that changed that's it should it. be the same so to answer your question
1: i think it would be fucking brilliant now if someone came out and just went absolutely in on everyone <coughs> it is happening though you do you do see it you look at um what's his name Uh did gamo 69 oh yeah he's, 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 like whether we like him or not is irrelevant the fact is he's talking about pretty aggressive horrible <coughs> shit <coughs> horrible <coughs> stuff yeah. XSX on is also another one who kind of dealt with very bleak issues but because there's, the internet is the way it is yeah. we do get this stuff independent music coming out but do you think it
0: would be good if we had when M came out it was like clever and insightful I feel like that stuff is like it is a bit kind abrasive of root one, one and a bit abrasive I feel like there is room for someone just to fucking call out you know like Eminem just like call out celebrities and like mm-hmm. mug people off and pull people up on their shit behaviour I do feel like there's room in the market for someone to, to do that so to answer your question, like, yeah, I think it would work today, because in exactly the same way as it did then, it would cause
1: a lot of controversy in terms of, like, where yeah. politics is, and but therefore it would be good. But you don't need the mainstream now. Like, if yeah. Eminem came out now, he'd be an independent rapper. Yeah, that's true. He doesn't need the mainstream. If you listen to him, don't listen to him. Whatever happens, happens It's That's very true. Very true. Well, that's the end of your Loved questions. I Did you do it, mate? Yeah, you yeah, had a good time. Yeah. I do, I do feel a little bit kind of conscious, though, because... I'm. I love Eminem and I love certain rappers, but I, I'm a little bit out of my depth when talking about hip hop. So yeah, like anyone who's like heavily into the hip hop, and I've said anything stupid, I'm so ignorant. I don't know if I have. Yeah. So um, you know, forgive me.
0: But what I would say, mate, I think you've done a blinding job.
1: Thank you. Mate.
0: Um, what I would say though is that we try to pitch this uh, as a podcast that people that have never heard these albums yeah. can just hear someone who loved the album we don't necessarily need like when Tony D's on we go into the technicalities of rhymes couplets and fucking like everything because he knows and that's his speciality I think what's really enjoyable is when we get people on who just love the album mm. and they just express their passion for why they like it yeah, I man. think that's, that's what's important so mate you've done, done a blinding job thank you um, remember to do your five for fives let us know your five favourites so go on iTunes give us a five star review and then tell us your five favourite rappers that'd be great um, we also add all the songs that we mention um, a feature on every episode onto a Spotify playlist. So if you've got Spotify, just search for the Notorious Podcast Joints, and it'll have all the songs that we've ever mentioned um, in there as well. Thanks very much for listening. If you don't already follow us on Twitter at Notorious P underscore O underscore D, Instagram at the Notorious Pod. Uh, you can follow me on Insta and Twitter at the Real John Bass. Also, uh, Hold You Down is my it used to be a radio show, mm. now bringing it back as a podcast. It's very good. Yeah, first new episode will be out on Friday, so check that out. Yeah. Um, so yeah that'll be up I'll post all the details on my feed to make sure you follow me um, mate if people want to follow you so uh, nah man nah fuck up nah and if you like Spurs uh, Fighting Cock yeah. look it up if you, if you like Spurs you don't listen to Fighting Cock grow up
1: why, uh, why is there like loads of money on my
0: bed because I've just got cash mate
1: why just doing loads of drug deals all the way it? over yeah. I mean, you've got a money clip as well yeah of course fuck so. do you think you are? fucking
0: baller mate fucking baller hip hop right see you later cunts uh, get ready for the next episode peace This is Notorious P.O.D. The name's John Bass on this M.I.C. I brought a couple man alongside of me. I got Gary Roy Smith in a place to boot. We got murder stats and guests galore. You know we're talking real hip-hop folklore. And we're going to cover all the goddamn classics. Notorious P.O.D. We're going to smash it. Peace. Peace.